0: This will be the 2024 year ahead astrology reading. I'm going to just kind of sit in the sun for a second and just take in these amazing light codes while I wait for people to join. So if you're watching this on a recording after the fact, maybe you could just do the same. Just sit and breathe for a minute. is definitely a year of sitting and breathing. (laughs) I keep trying to come up with like, okay, if I had one word or one theme for the year, which is always impossible to do, but there's just big stuff coming like expansive unexpected amazing transformation with a whole lot of patience and waiting and trusting the timing trusting the process trusting the unknowing the uncertainty we will not know yet what is coming at all we just know that big shifts and changes are coming So I'm trying to be better about starting my astrology readings with, um, just kind of like a, like a bringing you on board. Like, where am I coming from here? So I see it. I see astrology as, um, a way, a language, a format, a structure for understanding the planetary energies. All of the planets have a vibrational quality. So I'm going to just be sitting and taking in the sun and a lot of this reading <laughs> feels so good. Um, the planets each have a vibrational code or frequency and that frequency in and of itself has a very multi-dimensional range of um, how it feels, what the vibration actually is. And then what the themes are that connect to the vibration of that planet. And then the planets are moving and activating and connecting with constellations which are the zodiac signs aries taurus etc and the constellations are you know a multitude of stars that from the space that we're standing on the earth looking out at space we see them as a a picture you know but they're not actually together right they're um god i don't know really really far away from each other <laughs> in in actuality but we're seeing them as a connected sort of image or theme or picture so that's about the planets and the zodiac then there's also us as the human and we have our own vibrational code that comes from our natal chart or our birth chart and that is a frequency that is unique to us so of course that is then blended with um, our family of origin where we are on the planet culture etc life experience all those kinds of things, social conditioning and programming, um, traumas that happen to us, et cetera. But that um, personal energy frequency always at its core, deep in the marrow of your bones, you have a core frequency that is the essence of who you are on a vibrational level that is always, 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 always there. All the other layers of vibration are sort of like on top of that so to speak. And that whole system of you, which comes through your electromagnetic field resonates through your body, through your brain and your thinking mind and out into your emotional body, the ethereal layers of your field that has a vibrational quality that is then interacting with the vibrational energies, themes and movements of the planets. So when I'm talking about astrology, I'm bringing language, to all of that. And I'm talking in terms of um, archetypal astrology, meaning, you know, as a Jungian art therapist, I love archetypal work, because it's a way that helps us understand um, universal concepts. And so I I think of the planets as like personas, like teachers, like almost personified teachers who are here for... um, spiritual teaching so another piece that i bring in here is that the 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 viewpoint that i take is also evolutionary meaning that our soul is here to evolve on this planet this is a planet of teaching of 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 how to um go into a dense 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 experience and come out of that having transformed into consciousness having come into light having come into love frequency Despite the hardship despite the density that's here. And so I believe that astrology gives us both an understanding of our uh, original core essence of the energy vibration that we came in with before the density of the earth So learning about your natal chart will help you come into contact with your deepest core essence and self and then that we're here to go through certain types of experiences. We always have our own free will. We always have the ability to make choices, do things differently than, you know, in any, any moment in time is always a choice point where you get to be in your awareness of what you're thinking, feeling, choosing, and to choose to have autonomy, to harness that ability to choose. So there may be things that you sort of put yourself into this lifetime to experience themes, hardships, things like that, for the purpose of transforming them to higher consciousness. But that doesn't mean you're meant to um, suffer or be stuck in the same repeating pattern over and over. You always have the choice to become more aware. So I also think of astrology as not only knowing yourself and accepting yourself and understanding your core vibrational frequency through knowing your chart deeply, but also then being able to understand the way your chart interacts with current transiting planets And how that storyline, those energy bands, I think of it like there's always sort of like this energy happening and this energy happening and this energy happening. There's always multiple layers. And how those energy bands interact with your core vibrational frequency or your natal chart is here for you to transform anything that's dense into a higher frequency. So I hope that all makes sense. Please don't be shy if you're in the live about asking questions or if you're watching this later on a recording send me questions. I know that the language I speak is sometimes hard to understand. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about the year ahead. You know, it's been a while since I've looked at astrology transits and gotten like super excited. So I'm like really excited for this year. Um, There's a lot shifting and changing. Um, There's some real like sparks of innovation. Visionary energy is here. There's also a lot of like waiting, like it doesn't have like things aren't necessarily going to like shift and be boom, miraculously different necessarily. They could be, but there's so much potentiality in the energies of this year. So before I jump all the way into this, um, you know, this is like, it's really fast to do an hour of 12 months of astrology. It's like kind of crazy. So I'm going to sort of zoom over high level sort of like overall themes rather than getting into like real nitty-gritty transit details. But I am going to be teaching more and going deeper on this stuff in a couple of different ways. So if you're here local in Colorado, um, we just opened up a second section of my 2024 magic class, which I'm teaching at the wonderful and adorable little herbal apothecary in the little cute downtown of Lafayette where I live and that is going to be on January 20th and registration just opened last night. So the last one filled up in like 20 hours. So um, if you are here and wanna join the class, please sign up, go to Little Herbal Apothecary. They are handling all the registrations and their social is Little Herbal. Um, At this point, unfortunately, I'm not able to offer that one as a recording or a Zoom or anything like that. It's just an in-person experience here in Colorado, but I hope to be doing more live in person type things. Um, and hopefully there too. So, okay. What else? I'm preparing a really exciting, I'm like, I mean, it's exciting for me. I don't know if it's exciting for you, but, um, this is, um, an example of living in alignment with my chart. My son is in cancer and my Venus is in cancer. So that means that because of that cancer zodiac energy in my chart, that the cancer zodiac is ruled by the moon the moon is the ruling planet of cancer so the moon is a very important voice in the night sky for me to listen to for me to follow so i'm setting up my year-long intuitive astrology school which starts next week um i'm setting it up to follow the new moon patterns of the year so i'm going to actually be teaching on or very close to each new moon of the month, so it's going to be a monthly hour-long class with some additional probably recorded stuff that I'll add in. But the live piece is going to be an hour a month. Um, I've tried to set it up so that it's on either Sunday evenings or Wednesday evenings. You know, the interesting thing about trying to live by the moon is it's completely incompatible with the Gregorian calendar. <laughs> but um, I have—I'll post it. I haven't posted it yet. It starts on January 11th, and then it's once a month, you know, early half of the month. It's sort of, that's not even really true, looking at the list. Um, so But you'll have the full year calendar ahead of time, and the class will be from 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, so that's 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and that's 5.30 Pacific. It will be an hour um, on all the dates that I'm doing it, and what we'll be doing is um, I'm trying to, always think of like how to do astrology that's like simple and accessible for people who might be newer but also has a more complex nuance to it for people who have already studied in my school or know a lot about astrology to begin with so I'm gonna let the moons be the guiding force like the basically the charts of the new moon and um, then within that I'll be teaching the energies that are involved in that new moon chart And that's how we'll we'll sort of be learning in real time with how things feel and what's happening in the reality of our solar system at that time. Um, And then we'll be applying that to your natal chart. So you can also, there will be a lot of learning around birth and natal energies at the same time. And then everyone will have sort of like, um, like I'll help you figure out some transits and or some planets that are kind of your main energies to pay attention to based on your natal chart. And you'll be especially following those transits through the year. Um, So I'm really excited about that. I think that's going to be a really awesome way to do the class. Um, I have it set up on my website today for, like, I couldn't, I didn't have time to set it up with, like, different payment plans. So I have it set up as a one-time payment of $300 to be in that class for the year. Um, If you send me a Venmo, you can take 5% off. I don't have the math in my brain right now. Um, but if you go to rootwellnessstudio.com, it's at the top of the page on the right, and there's a button for purchase right there. You can just do, grab it, or you can send Venmo. There's instructions on how to do that um, and save a tiny bit of money. Um, I will have a monthly payment option that will be thirty dollars a month. Um, you can DM. I, I don't have it um, set. Up. I don't have a subscription thing set up yet, so you could either send me a DM and I can set it up in my existing software, like especially if you're someone who already has worked with me and all your stuff is in my system already, um, or we, you know, I probably will figure out a way to put that on my website as well. Just haven't done it yet. Okay, so let's get started through the year. I thought, you know, it's kind of weird how, you know, we're so conditioned to have these like monthly like January, February, but that doesn't even really follow like the sun being in a zodiac sign for the month. So it's, it's always like this real weird translation process to go deep into the astrology. It takes me about an hour to an hour and a half per month to really deeply dig in and understand all the energetics. Um, and then to come back out and sort of be like, oh, okay, what is that like for this calendar month, which is not really aligned with what's happening. So I do this like super nerdy thing. I get my calendar and I fill it all out and I sit and meditate and I do all kinds of spiritual little quirky, I'm sorry, uh, quirky Amy things that I do to connect with the energies. Um, I guess actually, let me give you like a more of an overview of the whole year before I go into like month by month, but I am going to do that. So you want to get out maybe a planner. If you have your birth chart handy and you know how to look at that and see where you have certain degree points, you can always send me a screenshot. Like, I don't even, I don't know if you can do it in a message on Instagram live, but um, you can ask questions too in the live. I'm happy. I'm trying to follow and track that a little better. Um, Okay. So let's just start with like overview of like the big, big, big energies. So right off the bat, and actually I'm starting my, um, this aligned and rooted Astrology class, that's my year-long program, the $300 one. I'm starting it next week with this kapow energy. So we have this new moon happening on January 11th, one one new beginnings. And that kind of kicks off this, this feeling, this energy that um, is happening exact on the 20th, which I also love that my class in Lafayette is happening on the 20th. But on the 20th, it's a huge like, collective generational shift. Let me also zoom back out and say we have personal planets and then we have collective or transpersonal planets that affect us more in the public collective earth level space because the personal planets are more, they move quicker. They're closer to the sun. There's a lot more like kind of quick transits happening all the time with the personal planets, but the bigger outer planets move very, very slowly and will stay in the same sign for years and years, sometimes even decades. So when we have big movement, Um, zodiac changes with the outer planets it's a huge deal and then especially with what those planets are and the energies they hold and which zodiac sign they're moving from and to that also can make it like bigger or more intense for us here on our little tiny earth planet so if you follow astrology at all I'm sure you know that Pluto has moved into Aquarius back into Capricorn and is moving back into Aquarius. And that's happening on January 20th. So that is a huge shift. Last year in 2023, the first time this happened in 250 years was 3-23-23, which I just think is a cool date. And that um, we got kind of a taste in the spring of that. I don't know if you can think back. I love Aquarius energies and I'm kind of over Pluto being in Capricorn. So I was very tuned into this energy and it felt, it just felt so good. It felt like a freedom, a lightning, a hopefulness, a potentiality just was in the air and it felt awesome to me. Um, So we're getting that again. And that actually goes for most of the year Pluto will be in Aquarius. It's not like a full commitment, like he's still like, you know, having some commitment issues. Until so in the fall he'll he'll toggle back into Capricorn for one last squeeze. But I'm going to talk about that and how that's actually really exciting and nothing to be afraid of. Um, although the timing with things like the U.S. political calendar is kind of crazy. But um, let's see when is it November? Late November, Pluto will then go back to Aquarius for the final time. So what I mean by the final time. Actually, i feel like i need to do this because my phone's getting hot um the final time is um pluto will be in aquarius for 20 years that's like crazy right so pluto's placement is something that um kind of governs entire generations so when you look at your birth chart and you look where pluto is that's your generation so like gen x we have pluto and libra millennials have pluto and Scorpio. And so on down the line. So it's kind of fascinating. And if you're a parent and you have kids, it's really crazy to see how those generations are forming around their Pluto placements. And what's really interesting, I have three kids, and my first it has this Pluto in a different sign than the other two. And it's so clear. They're so different in just their worldviews and how they see things and relate to the world. Anyhow, okay, so that is a big energy in January. So January comes with this like, like there's a sort of, sort of slow on-ramp kind of happening with this like massive, intense power portal shifting, like, a, like the kind of thing where you wake up one day and you're like, is this a different matrix? Like, where am I right now? So that is a pretty exciting way to start the year, if you ask me. Oh, I did say I was going to give more of an overview of the whole year before I go into the months. So that feeling that January creates with that shift of Pluto and Aquarius on the 20th is very much the energy frequency for the first several months of the year. The next kind of big, powerful moment is April 20th. And that is all about, um, transformation, awakening, quick change, unexpected things. Um, didn't see it coming, Adela out of left field, but that could be in a great way. It's it, like, we're not really judging it. Just like generally speaking, you could even write this in your planner. Like what you think of now is your year on by the end of April. It's not what you think. So that's, you know, if that causes anxiety in you rather than excitement, um, get to know your natal chart, you can probably figure out and find where you have earth signs and where you have a sense of grounding and where you have expansion energies in your chart. So you can work with that. So this, the the whole spring time kind of is really about trusting the process, trusting the timing, finding your center, I don't even love the idea of grounding. I love the idea of resonating at your core frequency, which is in your bones and using your skeleton for that. Um, grounding yourself by um, like, maybe like regulating your parasympathetic, getting your parasympathetic nervous system online, like that kind of a way. Um, finding your center, using your central channel, using your direct knowing and how you know where your um, wise self, higher mind comes in and comes through. Um, there's still going to be a lot of uncertainty and it kind of just like a, a frictiony anxiety because humans, especially Americans, we just do a shit job with um, trust and faith and allowing and tolerance and just letting things unfold in their own time. So these are many of the themes that are being brought up for us for the first part of the year. The summer's kind of chill. I'm kind of excited. I mean, there's still like a lot of energies happening, but I think we get to sort of like have fun be in our energy in a present way in a playful way um there's a lot of good stuff like after the summer solstice where we're just sort of like enjoying and riding out the summer um once we have september it gets interesting because there's always that that time of year is when the sun moves into virgo so we always get that sort of like time to crack down kind of energy you know like back to school or whatever and that happens um around august 23rd or so but um in September, we start to have this like really rare configuration of the some of the outer planets, Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus, being in a talent trine, which is where two planets are in a trine, which is a positive supportive triangular energy with each other, and then there's a focal point of a third planet that's sort of um being featured or being highlighted by the other two outer planets this is super 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 rare like i don't it's been i don't even know hundreds of years since something like that has been on the earth so that's a really exciting thing but it's also i'm going to talk a little bit more about the specifics of the energies that that uh, mini trine is happening in because that will feed the energetics and the vibrational themes that are part of that mix But basically what it is, is a getting real, a checking in point. Like what is, you know, of all the healing themes that you've been moving through since January of 2008 is the timeline I'm giving that one. What, like, you know, think back to yourself in January of 2008. What was different? Who were you? What were your themes? What were you, what was your shadow that you were still working through? Like, what are the pieces that have come out and come through and that you've brought into love and brought into acceptance, deep acceptance with yourself? And then what are the little pieces, those little fragments that are still there, those little threads that are still um, coming up as patterns, coming up as reflexes, coming up as, you know, negative habits or things that you want to shift And you basically get to use this new moon in January that I keep talking about on the 11th to set yourself up, to tee yourself up for that mini trine, talent trine energy that's happening September, October, November. And then that kind of ends or is um, sealed is kind of how I see it. Like we sort of seal it and then keep evolving and and spiraling and turning the dial Um, once Pluto, Pluto moves on from that trine when it moves into Aquarius in November. Um, there's there's also a ton of retrograde energy the second half of the year, which is how our years have been the last several years. So if you can think about, like, last year felt like, yeah, we're in 2023, here we go. And then by the summer, it was like, ooh, slow down. Like, things just are not happening on the timeline. You want them to or whatever. So we're going to have that same, like, kind of overview feel for the year. So if you're someone who's like a doer, or if you've got like stuff you're trying to make happen and manifest, like aim for the spring, late spring, early summer, like that's your chance to really like make that happen. It doesn't mean to force it. And it doesn't mean that if you don't make it happen, that it's like not going to happen or something like that. It's just, that's when your go energy is here. Um, But there's also this, something comes up for me with Pluto and Aquarius. It's like, don't burn out it's sort of like, don't zap yourself with too much energy because you have to keep yourself Aquarius energy has to do with um, the future and the public and the collective. So it has to do with your own energy, your own vibration existing with its own strength and good boundaries in this, in the world of everything else. So you need to keep yourself really clear and clean, grounded, regulated, rested, Um, available for the work that you're here to do. So when I say go, I don't mean like burn yourself out. I mean, you know, if you're deciding between May or September, pick May, (laughs) that kind of thing. All right, let's run through some monthly notes. I'm going to do this now. So January, I've already mentioned the new moon on the 11th. Um, I I also just sort of like channel these little bits of notes and themes and stuff. So I'm just going to read some of those to you. Um, I have the thought is about softening of the healed path forward, using patience and commitment with fire initiation energies. So use fire, and I mean this when I talk about moons. I I always think of ritual, like moons connect to the feminine and the earthly rituals that we've always known in our bones and done here on the planet. So using fire for ritual on the tenth into the eleventh would be a beautiful way to work with that energy. Um. Did you know that today Mercury station direct? Let's see. Oh, it happens tonight, 8 to 7 p.m. So that's kind of great. But we also have, like, today we'll still feel, even though it's like New Year's, blah, 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 whatever, there's still this, like, kind of slower checking in choice point happening because Saturn is squaring Venus today, so we are in those energies. Um, okay. There's some action through the first week of January, but it's still kind of paced and slow, and there's still that square energy. Square, squaring is when planets are um 90 degrees apart so they're sort of like they're not aligned they're not pulling directly on each other and they're not in the same space but they're sort of sitting at two corners of a table having, having a conversation and Kaylee does not like squares a lot of people don't like squares I like to think of them as like a choice point I love that idea for them because it They will bring up challenges. That's just what squares do. They kind of bring your focus to this point, that corner of the table. But it's so that you can decide, so that you can choose, so that you can make a conscious, aware um, movement or action step or something. It's not always about action steps. Sometimes it's just an internal shift. Okay. I talked about the new moon like a hundred times. Okay. So, and in the class, by the way, so how how the... um, Aligned to Rooted class will work this year as it will take the moon, but it will involve the other transiting aspects that are happening just before and just after. And we'll go deeper on some of these types of themes I'm talking about that are in the energies leading up to the moon. And then we'll sort of like lay it over like this is the month to come. And by month, I mean like a lunar month, not a calendar month. Though the classes are sort of set up that way since I'm trying to keep them on Wednesdays and Sundays to not lose my damn mind. Okay. So... The week of the 14th is, um, there's just a lot of mental stuff happening. Like it's sort of like a don't get stuck in your head. Just feel these plate tectonics, these shifting energies heading toward the 20th. That's a Saturday when Pluto moves into Aquarius. So, um, personally I am doing a sound healing that day. That's a great way to handle that energy. And then I'm teaching that night. So come to my class too. If you can, if you're in Lafayette. Okay. Um, Usually, so full moons are always a release and or a completion of energy or just like clearing, clearing out. So we get a nice full moon on the 25th where we get to sort of clear out anything that came up that rumbled up for us that was challenging with that shift. It's like when I feel, I mean, I do like sit here down, down here on the earth and I feel outer planets move and shift and like, like you can feel it, especially if you know the exact time which I have the times and I'll share them in my class that I'm doing. I'm not going to go into that detail here, but I also want to give a shout out to an astrologer. I love Jessica Lignado. She has a very affordable app called astrology for days, where it's a calendar and you can click on per day and you can see exactly when the transits happen in your time zone. Um, it's just, it's a great tool if you get, want to get nerdier about it and learn at that level. Um, the 27th is like a really loaded, loaded day. There's like 10 transits happening. Um, and then it, it's sort of like bringing in by the end of the month with that big, you know, um, I I don't want to say earthquake, but that's just what keeps coming to my mind. The earthquake energy of January 20th, you get to come in the last week of January. And really it's about bringing your mind and your heart together. Or actually to me, I think about bringing your third eye down to your heart and letting that resonate rather than thinking. Let's just remember your brain is just a tool. It's like a gross, dull colored, heavy, somewhat slimy, um, dark organ inside of a thick skull where no light gets in there. It's just a tool. It's just a, it's a machine that, that makes decisions, um, makes connections, um, Thinks thoughts and analyzes things. That's really all it's good for, which you only need to do that, mm, I don't know, 10% of the time of your life, probably. So keep that in mind. Um, And then that last week of January, I also have about integrating through action and movement. So really bringing that everything back through the body and through conscious movement, whether that's working out type stuff, dancing, walking, meditation, um, intuitively led unraveling in the body movement. Okay. So then we get into February. There's some really big lunar energy in February, but there's not as much, um, like most of the transits happening are pretty like personal planets, um, in a relationship, in a conversation with outer planets. So there, there's not as much, there's nothing like January 20th, I guess is how I'll put it. Um, okay. This is what I suggest focusing on in February is really getting that everything is energy. Everything is moving particles, nothing is actually done, so that's just how we interpret it. And I think that's gonna be a huge sort of lesson or theme coming through with all the Aquarius energies that we're in. Everything is energy. Everything is electric here on the earth. Everything has an electromagnetic field. Everything is vibration. Everything is frequency. So choosing to follow your um, personal growth angles and the things that you're working on to understand everything is energy the more you can practice in the month of february um, direct knowing just letting yourself sit in presence with yourself and know through the body through your body consciousness um, using some of you know like i like to use muscle testing with the full body where you're standing and letting your body move and sort of sway to give you yeses and noes for your answers. Letting things be as intuitive and energetic as you can. Out of the brain, out of the mind. Stop using that thing. It's really not going to help you. Especially this, you know, we're, we're, Aquarius is the future. And we're in this like beginning of the future. Which, you know, your, your brain can go into analysis mode and think of like AI and all that kind of stuff. Like Like things are shifting and moving quickly. So the more you're just in your energy field and you're just picking up vibration and understanding everything that way, the more clear you'll be, the more um, aware you'll be of what's happening. Um, let's see. Um, this I also have that the new path forward can become real in February, especially if you're following the energetics purely. Um, this is also why I love astrology. It's a structure. It's a tool. It's I can, like, look at the transits each day and kind of understand them and tune into their energies. It's why I love, um, like, to me, astrology is how to be human as a spiritual energetic frequency that's kind of just here resonating inside of a mammal that's dense. (laughs) So that's why I love to use it. Um, Oh, this is the one big day I want to point out, February 9th. Saturn is conjunct the world axis at seven degrees and 30 minutes on the new moon in Aquarius. So to me, February 9th holds the energy of like, this is the future, sort of like this beacon of like, look to the, look to this light kind of energy. I don't know what that's going to be, but just kind of watch for that, that week, that whole first week of like February 4th that week. Um, all these, there's a lot of transits happening that kind of lead toward that new moon and new moons are initiations and beginnings. So it is a time to kind of pull your intuitive, energetic knowing from that week into that intentional new moon with an eye to the future, with an eye to being the visionary, the creative genius, who you are, let your creative genius be your guiding force. Like again, get into the sacred feminine out of the brain based patriarchal wounded, masculine bullshit that we've been living in for a millennia more more than a millennia um and then following that new moon it's about really slowing the electric pace down there's gonna be a lot of electricity now that might even be i don't know like lightning storms and that type like actual like electromagnetic stuff going on like solar flares from the sun picking up stuff like that i'm not really sure but think of yourself okay when when you um have an outlet Here in the states, and there's like the three prongs. The two at the top are the electrical charge, and the bottom one is the grounding, where it's like aligned with the frequency of the earth. So I want you to think of like plugging yourself into just the grounding plug, and grounding into the earth. This is, you know, I sleep on grounding sheets with silver thread. They're awesome. Standing barefoot, lying uh, naked on the earth, like literally. I know it's February. Do you know, have cold plunge mentality and just go for that. Um, but that whole weekend of the 10th and 11th, we could see some world changes that are, you know, come in to personally affect us. Um, yeah, there's going to be, okay, February 13th, there's energy that's going to set the tone for some Mars, Pluto stuff that's happening this year, where I really feel the emphasis of the Mars, Pluto is in early November. Um, so there's this feeling of February 13th, setting up what early November will be again. I don't, I'm not like a predictive mundane astrologer, but I can't help but think of the election stuff. The timeline fits with like the primaries and the election in early November. So whatever, however you orient to that, um, let's see, create from your frequency. So the other thing, um, In modern astrology, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. And Uranus is like the weirdo of the zodiac. (laughs) I love Uranus. Um, And so I have be a weirdo, create from your unique frequency is like another theme of February. Let let yourself just be like all out in your weirdo vibes. That's definitely for this month. Okay. I think in my um, in my class that I'm doing for the year, the Aligned and Rooted class, I'm gonna be offering specific rituals as well as plants, crystals, other allies that we can work with to help us really resonate with the energies that are there for the month. So um, I just wanted to mention that because I think it's really helpful to have resourcing. As a trauma therapist, I always talk about resourcing. Like you don't have to do this alone in your own sheer willpower inside of yourself. You can pull in actions, Tools, your light council, things to support you, your actual social network, etc. Okay, March. Um, so we've got a big day. So March kind of hits with this new moon on the 9th that is about connecting us with how um, this big April 20th energy is coming in. So we'll start to really see what that's going, like we might get a better sense of what that's going to be. So like whatever's happening for you in March is probably what it's about. Um, but there's also like the slowness to March. And I just think of the spring and like letting letting things unfurl, letting those seeds slowly start to awaken and open themselves up. Um, let's see. Yeah, that new moon also is connecting to specific stuff with Mars on April 30th. So there's still like a pacing yourself with your body. Like don't leave your body behind in your spiritual endeavors. Like make it something that you can feel as a somatic energy, a vibration through your being. Work with your fascia, get body work, move, dance, push yourself, work out. Um, we're also going to start to feel ourselves moving into eclipse season. So let me talk about eclipses. Every year, every calendar year, we have two eclipse seasons. That means that there's two times where we have two eclipses, sometimes three, right? one right after the other, a new moon and a full moon or a full moon and a new moon as eclipses. And eclipses always happen in different zodiac signs and different energies with other different transiting planets happening. So we're eclipses are not always the same, but the one thing that is the common thread is that eclipses are usually emotionally intense. Oftentimes they do have to to do with, um, letting go of things that we're not choosing to let go of or feeling, um, an intense emotion around something that we weren't expecting to sort of like have to look at or deal with. So the last eclipse season was, uh, like late October, well, mostly October maybe November 8th, I think was the second one this past year. So you can think back to sort of what was happening. And the weird, the thing about eclipses is they don't like, um, I mean, it can be like that day this thing happens, but usually it's sort of like this intensity and then it kind of plays out. And there's this sort of like tail of the comet that comes through and you're just still sort of like cleaning up from that or regulating to the new whatever from that. And so by the time we get to the equinox, in March um, we are heading into eclipse season actually didn't circle I guess it's the 21st no the 19th sorry I did the 19th and 906 p.m. is when spring officially is marked by the equinox and then that actually I see as like an activation like okay the Sun moves into Aries we are officially in eclipse season so I like to prepare myself for just having like more time and more space for some self-care around the eclipses. Um, also, Mercury is going to be moving into its retrograde shadow around then. The first eclipse is on March 25th. It's at 1 a.m. It's a full moon lunar eclipse in Libra. So this is going to be, you know, uh, the most, for the most part, the eclipses are now happening along the nodes, which are the um, we're in the Libra Aries axis, which is about relationship to self. And relationship to other. So, this has to do with healing even more layers of your codependency issues, working with your boundaries. And by boundaries, I don't mean telling people don't do this or don't say that. I mean in yourself. You are in charge of your own boundaries and they're internal. Boundaries are an inside job, it's you regulating yourself to care less about what people are doing. It is not asking somebody else to do something differently. That may be an outcome of working with your boundaries, but for the most part, it's like almost not giving a shit, but you're still engaged, (laughs) okay? So it's practicing tolerance and patience, and when something is too wounding or painful, then you can step away or ask for a change or kind of make that request, but boundaries are not request first, okay? I want you to get that. Also, look up nonviolent communication if you're not familiar with it. It's a great tool. It's something I've been working with a lot of my clients around recently um, as a a way to communicate requests. But nonviolent communication also starts with knowing yourself first, observing yourself, and claiming and owning your own emotions before you make a request. So that energy is all here through the second half of March, the equinox, into the first lunar eclipse. And we're starting to pick up some um, Uranus transits with the personal planets. So we're starting to feel that, you know, a little bit wobbly for some people, a little bit exciting for some people, depending on your natal chart as we start to get the Uranus energy heading toward the April 20th date that I keep talking about. So April is about integrating the eclipses. And then bringing in more joy, more love, more expansion. There's going to be waves of doors opening. Like you're like at the beginning of a hallway and you're just like, wow, how many possible doors can open all at once kind of energy. Especially if you look for it. Um, a new trailheads would be another metaphor that some of us out here might like to use. Um, okay. My other note for this month is here we go. <laughs> okay. So let's see, the, the third is a good day to let yourself kind of soften into your heart, into your dream space, into just sort of like having a little bit of a chill before the rest of the month gets like, whoa, here we go. Because a whole month has the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction of the 20th kind of happening. Um, and then the huge eclipse that you probably know about that is in totality um, in parts of the states is April 8th. There's a total eclipse. It's a new moon. Um, wow in Aries by the way and that same day like seven minutes after the exact eclipse the sun is conjunct Chiron Chiron is both the wound the core wound and how we heal it so I'm just seeing this as like okay all of us on this path we have been doing the work we have been doing the healing we're like when the fuck is this ever going to stop how much more do I have to heal you have to keep going you're choosing to be here and this is a place of healing. This planet is a school of transformation. It's a school of healing yourself to a higher frequency. So remember I talked about in an earlier month around being energetic, being aware that you're energetic, paying most of your attention to that. This is the month where you get to really like bring that into reality in your day. And the more you are just an energetic being with good boundaries, with present moment connection, getting out of your thinking mind, letting your body be relaxed and free and in a window, a strong window of tolerance of openness and receptivity, put yourself in the best possible receptive state as much as you can focus on that the first couple of weeks of April, if not before. And then we get to this, the week of the 14th is just like awakening, transformation, Portals opening up like fireworks that make rainbows, (laughs) like lightning strikes that um, turn reality into rose colored glasses looking pink space. (laughs) I don't know, something like that. It's like so amazing. Um, You're also, there's always a low vibration of everything, so I don't want to oversell this energy. The low vibration of it is if you're not grounded and you're not self-responsible or you haven't dealt with your anxiety about not knowing what's coming, like that can lead to some of the shadow stuff coming out and coming through, like trying to control, trying to manipulate energies or other people, um, get feeling irritated because you don't know what's coming, that kind of stuff. Um, if you have strong Jupiter in your chart, you're going to love this and that would be like Sagittarius people, Pisces people, um, people with a lot of ninth house stuff in the chart, people with 12th house stuff in the chart, um, aspects to Jupiter with personal planets in your natal chart. If you know what I'm talking about, take the class. I'm going to teach you all this stuff. Um, In my little herbal apothecary, we'll go like a little bit into it. There's just not a lot of time. And then then in the aligned and rooted class, we'll go more into it. Um, By the way, Mercury is retrograde that whole time like this first chunk like um actually mercury goes retrograde on april fool's day and does not station direct until early in the morning on april 25th so we're gonna go through that whole awakening time with like this slow down mind like it's kind of like the expansion wants you to be outward and with the future and with the collective but you're doing it internally first everything is internal first okay um, and then it's just interesting. We have like a couple of days where there's like no aspects whatsoever. So it's like there's a full moon on the 23rd and then almost no aspects besides Mercury stationing direct and some stuff with the asteroids. And then so that just lets us kind of settle in. Like we're just, it's like the tables get flipped in the middle of April or like, you know, sometime around there. And then we're, we're just sort of like regrouping. We're taking the lay of the land. We're looking to see like, what's still here what's different what's gone forever what what is this now you know um I also wanted to tell you that um I'm like literally going like wait she's telling me there's a square yeah there there is a square on the 21st at 11 or 2 a.m the sun squares Pluto so like all that stuff happens on the 20th with the Jupiter Uranus energy at night and then the next day you know hours later the sun squares pluto pluto now newly in aquarius and that is like to me that lays the groundwork for the next 250 years basically um which is crazy but it is like society's changing and like that kind of level of things thank you for pointing that out no she's laying in the sun um <laughs> so the full moon on the 23rd is also a clearing up, a release point. Um, it's happening in Scorpio. That is definitely a time to get in water. I mean, if you can like be in the hot springs that day, like that's a note to self. Let me try to work that out in my schedule. <laughs> um, that is like just cleansing, clearing, salt, water, release, give it all to the moon, give, give it all to the light of the moon. When there's a full moon, you don't want to take in energies. You want to release. If you take it in, you're basically like collecting all the garbage that everyone else is releasing. So don't do that. Okay. Um, I don't even know what to say about this month. When I look at this calendar page, it's like pulsing. Like I almost like can't read my little glyphs because there's like a pulsing energy with this. Um, okay. And I wrote, by the end of the month, we move forward with a healed self, the awakened new vision a knowing heart and then body-based action, Mars action that had seeds in early March with the uh, March 9th and 10th new moon. And then the retrograde gave us the, the Mercury retrograde for all of April gives us the direct knowing. That's how I like to work with Mercury retrograde. Mercury is the mind. It's got the glyph has little antenna. And so it, it is your direct knowing. It is your higher mind. It connects to that. It's like, how your brain connects to your higher mind. Okay. So when there's a mercury retrograde, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. I'm going to meditate more. I'm going to be more connecting to my direct channeling and all that kind of stuff. That's how I take that in. Okay. Um, nay. Okay. So again, we will be through eclipse season and we'll be through that spark portal awakening situation of April 20th. So May gives us a chance to like, we're kind of realigning, we're starting to enjoy whatever's like the harvest or the fruit from that experience. And then we're moving. May is about moving. We're in the body. Mars is in Aries, at home in Aries all month. Um, which also, you know, again, high vibration, low vibration. Low vibration of Mars is anger, conflict. So you want to be clearing out whatever... Um patterns you have with anger and conflict, and that would be a theme for the month of May too for like personal growth side of things um, let's see I'm gonna move my phone. I think it needs to be it's like getting hot, and this is gonna cut off if it gets too hot um all right there's so another thing to be working on in May is preparing yourself for some letting go and some endings. The whole month can have sort of a, mm, it's like growth and grief together. I don't even know how to say that. I'm picturing like in my yard when plants start to come through in the spring. But some of that old growth that's been dead over the winter is kind of still there a little bit. It's sort of like they're both there together. Um, The new moon on May 7th is going to set us up for... um, having some structure for what this new time could feel like, but it's still got this quiet, calm, steady patience as we integrate. There, there's not as many aspects this month. It's so interesting. Also, Pluto moves retrograde May 2nd. So Pluto, having just moved into Aquarius, gets to two degrees in six minutes, barely into Aquarius, and then starts to move backwards again. So there's still this like, feeling of like, not yet. Not yet. Go ahead and write that. I'm, there's like a couple of you in here that I'm like, write that in your planner. Not yet. <laughs> um, okay. So let's see. So there's also this kind of cool thing that happens with Mars. Mars and Pluto are very connected this whole year. And they're connected anyway. Pluto's like the wise older sibling to impulsive young Mars or something like that. Um, they both have the ability to destroy and sometimes to do it with no care, like just kind of impulsively destroying things. But they also have action. They, that Mars and Pluto is what gets us to make change, to live and move forward and evolve. Um, so what I have written here is while Pluto is still in Aquarius, Mars becomes a placeholder on May 3rd with a sextile to Pluto. And then Mars sort of carries the torch of Pluto and Aquarius Until Pluto returns November 19th for this final entry point. So Mars is one to follow through the summer, which I think is kind of always true. I also have my natal Mars in a fire sign. So like, I don't know, it's in a summer fire sign in Leo. It makes sense to me to always do that. But Mars is also going to be moving through the summer signs. Um, So, or moving toward them. Um, If you have Aries energy, if you have Scorpio energy, if you have strong first house if you have strong eighth house, um, if you have aspects to Mars in your birth chart, um, there's probably other things too. But that's where I'm going for now. That Mars is always a planet to follow, and a great way to learn astrology deeper is to pick one planet for the month or for the year and really track that one planet. What is it doing, and how do you feel? And you, that's how you start to understand what the planets are for you. And that's how they become your greater teacher when you really pay attention to them directly. Um, Okay, so setting up the structure. um, There's a beautiful energy around May 12th, May 13th where you can really receive, like, just kind of lay back in the sun and receive all the energies, all the energy blessings that have come from April 20th. And orient to seeing them as blessings because some things may happen in your life that don't feel like that. With that strong shifting pivoting energy. But oh man, I'm gonna go way over an hour. I can't really see my clock, so um, hopefully you have time to stay. <laughs> um, okay. What else do I wanna tell you? The last, the week of the 19th of May, um, so there's this like bigger Gemini chapter energy that's coming in for a variety of reasons. And I have it marked as the 19th of May is when that Gemini chapter really starts. And that's going to be a while. That's like a layer. Like the Aquarius energy is a layer of this like layer cake of energies. And the Gemini chapter is going to be a layer for at least a year. But there's this kind of letting go. Um, I have let go with grace and endings, say goodbye. And I have that the May 22nd, May 23rd through the 25th. There's also a full moon on the 23rd. There's a ton of aspects happening. Um, and it connects forward to the upcoming December 12th new moon in Sagittarius. I'm not going to go into all this. I'm not going to go into all the squares right now. Just hop up here. Anyhow. Oh, she wants us to see Chiron. There's a lot of Chiron stuff. Okay. Um... I can't go this deep into the energies. I want to say a lot more, but I'm not going to. Um, Oh, the last piece about the Gemini chapter. So, um, one of the archetypal ways to to see and understand Gemini is that Gemini, um, the symbol is the twins. I got to take my sweater off. Hang on a second. Enjoy the blue sky while I do that and grab my tea the dog hopefully I love that like, I'm talking about Gemini yeah she just said no Brian's trying to take the dog inside and she just said no <laughs> okay so look I just tra- I transformed into summer Amy <laughs> um, and Gemini is like the month it's the last month before the summer solstice like the end of Gemini into cancer is the summer solstice so I guess I'm just reading that vibe anyway Um, the, the mythology of Gemini. So all these archetypes and astrology relate to stories and myth, right? So this is one way you can get to know the signs and the planets is by reading about mythology and understanding that on an archetypal level. But the quality of Gemini is that there's two, not necessarily twins, but that's how one of the, uh, superficial ways we think about it. So with Gemini, there's anything that has two duality energies, um, human self, higher self ego, soul, that kind of thing. It can also be counterparts with other people who you have those kind of deep soul connections to. But um, what happens is, um, I forget the name of the mythology story. I'll have to get back to you on this. But one one twin is mortal and one twin is immortal. So when the one mortal twin dies, there's a separation. And, it, and it, Gemini represents a separation between our higher selves, our immortal selves, and the one that's here living this ego life in this human body. So these themes are very strong over this next chapter, and it's really getting clear with your spiritual lifeline. Like, who are you on a spiritual level? What are you here to do and learn? And how can you um, not leave behind your human part too? You still have to have your ego. You still have to have your nervous system. These things have to be part of the spiritual mix so that you're not bypassing. Oh great. Don't put it on my computer. Thank you. Second you could heat tea. you could set it so on the ground. Thank you. My little sweet. <laughs> Thank you. They brought me tea, these sweet boys of mine. Thanks guys. I'm at the exact halfway point too, so that's fun. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you. Will you pour a little bit of that to heat that one up for me, please? Thank you. Okay. Summer Amy is still having hot tea. Um, No, that's okay. Thanks, babe. Um, Which, actually, this is like this podcast or this, whatever this is called, Instagram Live, is brought to you by Amy and Brian's free Reiki Moon Circles. We do these every month. I'm sorry, every two weeks. Every time there's a new moon, every time there's a full moon, we do a healing Reiki Circle. And we um, invite anyone to join those. It's just an offering, a service that we offer to humanity and the planet. And it kind of keeps us structured with our spiritual work, which is a great way to do it. Um, Anyway, that's my amazing partner. So that's just why I'm mentioning that. You can sign up via text. You can text the word connect to 720 and I also um, send messages there about these kinds of little lives and things that I do okay oh that's so interesting I'm like still in May even though I'm talking about Gemini which is funny because that's how Gemini works it's like a buzzing bee inside your brain so as we move into June the heart of Gemini season oh I kind of love June I mean I love the summer anyway I'm a summer baby and my Mercury, my mind is in Gemini. So I love it. Um, but it's just like I have down June 4th. It's just a beautiful day. Um, feeling these like kind of June 2nd, 3rd, 4th energies. It's just going to be beautiful. If you can relax those days and just be in nature and just be with your essence, that'd be amazing leading into the new moon on June 6th. Um, I think there's gonna be a lot like The new moon in Gemini on the sixth is setting us up for this future knowing that has like a five, six month output and then leads to all of 2025, okay? So the more you put yourself... So here's how else this works, the magic of these portals of astrology. The more you put yourself in um, a high frequency vibration, in presence with your awareness, in non-emotional reactivity but you're just maybe feeling emotions but letting them move through like waves or wind or energy and you're just coming back to resonating a high frequency that you feel as a somatic cellular movement in your body a frequency a warmth a vibration that feels good and feels like you that is how you then create your reality You don't create it from your thoughts. All that like manifesting New Year's type stuff, like you don't create it from your thoughts. That's just like a piece of it. If you only create from your thoughts, you've got all this unconscious energetic stuff that's also in the mix to what you're manifesting. But especially this first week of June, put yourself in that space of resonating your frequency and just do that again. Nothing matters more than meditation for the month of June. I'm going to write that down in here so I don't forget that later. Nothing, did you write this down in your planner? Nothing matters more, this is always true, but especially in June. Nothing matters more than meditation this month. Ooh, maybe I'll do like a Gemini meditation class or something. I don't know. I um have so many fun, creative ideas of things I want to do this year. It's just a matter of also relaxing and chilling. Um. Okay we have a really fun Kazemi, you know that word Kazemi, that's when a personal planet is in the heart of the sun, they're together in a conjunction. On June fourteenth, the sun and Mercury are conjun- conjunct in a Kazemi. The fact that Mercury who rules Gemini is having a, its Kazemi moment in direct motion in the, when the sun is in Gemini is just, I don't know, I just have like, you know, we kind of move from that early June energy into like this beautiful new moon where we can kind of like create this output of the next six to eighteen months. And then um big energies start to like um like slowly blossom up the week of the ninth. Um and and there are things that are gonna like play out over the summer. <coughs> no, it's okay. I know like I'm like, yeah, she's got this Chiron thing going on too. There's a bunch of squares. There's Mars squares, Pluto that the week on the 11th, on June 11th, Mercury squares, Saturn on the 12th. And then there's two sex to Chiron on the 13th leading into the Kazemi on the 14th. That week is big for sure. Um, and then we have the solstice on the 20th. always mark your calendar for that. It's one of my favorite days of the year, followed by the next evening on the 21st is the full moon. Um, in Capricorn so we just this is where I want to pull you back to one reason why I'm working with lunar cycles in my class this year is because of this beautiful manageable tangible pattern where each new moon has a partner full moon six months away so we can kind of work with these kind of like you know, six month timelines are not that crazy for us to work with. So what you're setting up for yourself January 11th with that first new moon that I talked about for 10 minutes, um, at the beginning of this video, it, it comes to fruition or we can release what's left that we don't need from that. When we get to the full moon in Capricorn on, which is on the 21st, just after the solstice has happened and Mercury in a sextile with Mars is like, let's do this. Let's go with it. Um, the end of June is lovely. I'm really excited because my birthday is July 2nd. So I'm like, this is looking good. My, um, solar return chart is looking real good. So your solar return chart is a way that you take your natal chart and you fit you, you put it into a timeline and the timeline you put it into is like your birthday, like, um, the exact degree point where your son, when your birth son hits the exact degree point this year when you turn this age, and then it kind of sets up this sort of like energy signature for the year. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> you know we have these rescue dogs, they're doing their best here. There's a lot going on. Okay. Um also wait, what do I want to say about that? Oh yes, there's actually this is another important point that I forgot it connects back to the January eleventh new moon in Capricorn. We have two Capricorn full moons. So oftentimes, once a year, we get two full moons or two new moons in one sign. And that just gives us like extra, okay, Capricorn it is, you know, which is interesting because there is this last squeeze with um, Pluto going back into Capricorn. That's another nod to like, make sure. Um, so I'm going to talk about Capricorn for just a second. Because if you don't have it in your chart, you probably hate it. <laughs> My son is opposite Capricorn. So a lot of my best friends are capricorn. I love them for like their grounding qualities. One of the astrologers I listen to is a triple capricorn. Like I I don't love the energy, but I know I kind of need it, you know? That's how I look at it. But capricorn what it really has to do with is transforming yourself day by day. The the symbol for capricorn is the mountain goat who basically or the sea goat who who transforms from a mermaid into a mountain goat that can climb to the top of the mountain and then climb back down and rejoin the sea so it's got like there's some cool qualities to it if you don't think of it as just the more saturnian difficult elements of what capricorn is so it is like a get down to work and be grounded kind of energy but i like to think of it as like it's about reminding me of my karmic responsibility so what's the story i tell myself what's the spiritual story that i'm in for me to be able to like function and stay here on the earth and make meaning here. That's how I use Capricorn. Okay. Let's move on to July, which might happen to be my favorite month. I love it. I love July so much. Um, July is a little bit of an active, like, you know, it's got like just the right amount of summer in it, you know? So like, um, what do I say about this? keep working with the frequencies, keep being aware of energetics as your main understanding of self and the world around you. There's going to be some review energy because there's some um, planets that are in retrograde this month. There's going to be things that you've kind of like, haven't I done this? Um, Let's see what else. Um, there's a lot of Leo energy in July, even though the sun is in cancer, which is like play creativity, just having fun, being childlike. It's also connecting with your inner child, which I like to do in the summer anyway. I don't know about you. Mm. Sorry. I have to move around my little tea station, which now has three different kinds of tea because they're so cute. I didn't know what kind I wanted. <laughs> I'm fasting today, but I am having tea. So they're trying to keep me from withering away or something um probably the biggest energy of july is uh july 21st there's like five transits that day it's kind of crazy and it's right before it's all before the sun moves into leo and it's also the full moon the second full moon in capricorn so if i had to pick sort of like a kapow energy of july i would say it's that um kind of like july 18th through the 22nd 23rd and then the 25th has a go do it energy and we'll be in Leo then. And all the personal planets except for Mars will be in Leo. So that's like, I think this is going to connect us back. Any of you who did my Venus and Leo class on Instagram last summer, um, it felt like such a huge energy for us to pay attention to. And it was about being in your wholeness, being in your authenticity, being in your heart with courageous presence to resonate your unique, frequency out and live from that place. So that's still the message. So write any of that down that makes sense to you. And that is what July and August are really all about. I do have the sense that it's like, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say negative things, but like, like there will be things rocking us where we have to know in ourselves what matters and what's true. We can't know from outside. I don't know what, I don't like to make stories. I don't know what that's going to be, but that's the energy that's here. So the more you're prepared for that, the less you're going to be back on your heels and in a reaction or some kind of trauma response about whatever that is. August, we have, um, there's starting to be some motion of the personal planets into Virgo, which is really about daily healing and commitment and ritual. And so in August, it might be a good time to set up that kind of thinking for yourself like how can you what's what has happened for the year so far it's kind of a review i like the kind of halfway points in the year anyway to sort of be like okay what's happening and what do you need to set up that's new or different for you to take through with your healing Uh, august 1st is a great day to work with us because mercury will be in its retrograde shadow not quite retrograde but heading there and this energy kind of leads into the new moon which is early in the morning on august 4th um so that whole week of the 4th is really downtime to go within, to pay attention to what really matters to you here and now, and how you can bring that into a daily commitment for healing, which I always tell everybody that like you have to have rituals for, to have meaning and to track yourself and to be grounded in life as a spiritual being. But probably if you're following me, you have some trauma. Probably you have some healing that you're working with that has to do with wanting patterns to be different. So you have to make that change every day. You have to set aside 20 minutes every day where you're focused on that. And the month of August asks you to get clear about that, to decide how you're going to do that. Um, And then you really implement it by the end of the month. There's a full moon on August 19th. And the other reason that that one is, so there's like a ton of energy, like everything I just said sort of culminates with the 19th. And then um, it's the last moon cycle, it's the last full moon before we're in the fall eclipse season or the second eclipse season of the year. So it's sort of like a gathering, like, okay, like clean that up, clear that up, recommitted to this practice, have this ritual happening. I'm resonating, I'm feeling my energy, I'm embodying that. And here we go with some more eclipses the eclipses are always going to kind of mirror or connect back with the eclipses from the last season too. So you can kind of write in your journal, like to think back and reflect this week on what's kind of unfinished business or unhealed stuff that goes back to the spring eclipse season. There's a lot of transits happening, um, the last week of, um, August. And then another thing I want to mention so I forgot to say that The day that Mercury moves retrograde, slash, you're in, what is it? You're in touch with your direct knowing. You're meant to be inward and meditating and just letting channeling come through. That's what Mercury retrogrades are, okay? So that's happening August 4th to the 28th. So basically the whole month of August is that. Then it gets kind of quiet. There's a little love note from Pluto on August 29th. I have it like hearted that day. Pluto doesn't always send love notes. So you want to have that on your radar. (laughs) Pluto sends wrecking balls, usually. Um, As we move into September, things start to get interesting because we're moving towards the fall equinox. The darkness is going to start to be, you know, we're tipping into the dark season at the end of the month. And then we have the eclipses happening. So um, another piece that I think is important for September is this is when, so remember I talked about that talent trine? So we have... Pluto. Um, so the triangle is like Pluto, Neptune, Uranus. So Uranus and Pluto are going to be in a trine with each other. And then they're in a direct angle with Neptune. So there's sort of this like push towards Neptune, which I didn't really talk about yet. Maybe I'll end with that when I get to the end of the year. Remind me. Um, so in September, it's like, we kind of want to look back a little bit, like just enough, just a little bit. And one thing to look back on is what has the time that Pluto has been in Capricorn been for you? That's again, the January 2008 till March 23rd, 2023 with a two-year transition back and forth to Aquarius, back to Capricorn and so forth. But we're going to have the end of it this fall, okay? So um, let's see here. The... 17th is a partial lunar eclipse in Pisces this is a full moon this one is gonna connect us back to the Neptune energy that I'm gonna talk about at the end of the year I'm gonna do like a after I get to December I'm gonna talk about Saturn and Neptune and what they're doing in Pisces Lock that into my brain the 20th is a huge day for that April 20th energy to come through to September 20th where there's um, Uranus in a quintile with Saturn Um, that also happened February 6th and happens again, um, November 24th. If you want to mark that, it's just sort of like a spearhead, an arrow shooting forward kind of energy, um, with the 420 conjunction, this biggest, biggest energy of the year. If I had to say, um, the equinox is on the 22nd. It's really about that harvest, enjoying the fruits of all of your work, but there are a ton of transits that day, like a ton Um, by this time Pluto will be back in Capricorn Um, so we're kind of in that last little edge as we move into October it's kind of cool the month starts with a new moon solar eclipse in Libra so this is sort of the codependency stuff I talked about and the boundaries that is like Now we're really seeding the new, how we're paving forward with this like really clear, awesome, like how it feels to have good boundaries is you can just be sort of like neutral and receptive, like all the time, like constantly, no matter what's happening around you, you're just kind of like grounded and steady. It's like such an awesome feeling to be able to do that. Um, big day mid month heading into the full moon is, um, Kind of the 11th is when um, Pluto stations direct, so Pluto's moved back retrograde into itty-bitty degrees of Capricorn, the tail end, the last drip, 29 degrees, 38 minutes is as far back as Pluto goes. So we're just edging, not even getting to 29 degrees, um, zero minutes, just part way through the anaerobic last degree of Capricorn. And then on October 11th, Pluto stations direct. And says, okay, we're taking what we've learned. We're taking what we've healed since January 2008. We're moving it forward into a new reality and into a new um, phase on the planet, really. Um, Tons of energy on the 13th. There's eclipse integration going on during this time from the 2nd. As we head toward the 4th and final eclipse of the calendar year, which is on the 7th. Sorry. Is that right? Oh. Because the other eclipse was in September. Oh no, I'm getting confusing myself. Yeah, let me just go back and make sure I said that to you right. This is when I need like a house made of calendars. (laughs) Yeah, the September 17th was the first one. I'm not used to them being in September because they haven't been for a while. Um, Okay, so we're integrating eclipses. Um, for most of October, as we also are like integrating Pluto in Capricorn areas of our life. Um, heading into the full moon release of all of that on the 17th, there's an awesome Venus is sextile in Pluto on that full moon in Aries. That is just going to be great if you can work with that energy. Um, and everything else, there's kind of just like some normal transits, if there's such a thing, just sort of like ho-hum, mundane, this happens all the time type of stuff happening, but there is a lot of messaging coming through from Uranus so, and Neptune and that's connecting us back to the uh, 420 energies again and this is when it gets like okay, so November, yikes themes of an era ending, how do we move ahead? How do we leave the earth and humanity better than we found it? There's these bigger collective questions I there's humanitarian stuff crises happening everywhere always but that feels big around this time like maybe i dare dare i say worse than now um i have november 19th circled as the end and the beginning pluto moves into aquarius at one thirty p.m that day for good slash for 20 years okay till 2044 pluto's gonna be here so we're now in the age of aquarius Um, the full moon is pretty big that month. It's on the 15th. There's Pluto very having a strong voice in that full moon. If you've done the work and stayed true to your karmic responsibility, Saturn, Capricorn, um, all good things are coming. You can release anything that is blocking you from just all good things. Um, and then, It's also the next day, the 16th, is some tying up loose ends that go back to that um, out-of-left-field time in April. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. This, Oh, there's three moons in November, too. So, actually, twice a year this year, we get a double moon situation. Um, There's two new moons in November, but one is in Scorpio. And one is in Sag. But w- when we get the double new, min- new moon energy, it is that beginnings. Which, this is the thing about astrology. It's like, I can say it every which way, but I'm always saying the same thing. I can talk about Pluto moving signs, and it's the new age. I can talk about, there's two new moons, so it's about newness and initiating. I can talk about, you know, in any, any one of these things. And it's like, that's the energy of November. So, mm. yeah, don't, you know, if you get... Don't listen to fear-based astrologers. That's just going to be my shortcut. There's a lot happening with the energy in November that can come out that way. Keep the higher vibe. Keep the higher perspective. All right, I'm going to do December and then talk about the Saturn-Neptune thing, and then I'm out. Okay? So, December. I kind of like December. I feel like we're going to get to just, like, slow down. Don't make big plans. Maybe don't even travel. Like, just sort of, like, let everything catch up is the energy that I have here for the month um mars is going to be in a retrograde um mercury too so there's that's a lot of slowing down mars stations retrograde on december 6th that's kind of a bigger deal mercury does this three to four times every year mars is like once every other year or something stations retrograde and that's going to be happening in leo which is interesting because that's where venus retrograded last summer 2023 so it's sort of like what we knew in our hearts and what we learned and gathered in 2023 in the summer, especially around relationships. Now we're doing it. We're going to be um, reviewing what we need to do about that. That's Mars. Um, also reviewing any boundaries that we're still not clear with because Mars relates to anger and anger is about boundaries. When it's not just like justifiable anger, when it's just like your own kind of anger Cool, sitting around that's about boundaries something you are responsible for inside of yourself and i've said that a lot today um mercury stations direct on the 15th which is also a full moon in gemini so i feel like the 15th is going to connect us back to all the june energy so you can just kind of make a no- like you're always layering these things and going back and gathering and pulling them through and looking forward and making notes forward and then coming back like there's always a sort of like time travel that's happening in astrology um, I love, in, in the class I'm doing, the line of rooted class for the year, there's a new moon at the tail end of the month. And I kind of love it because we're going to kind of end the class there with this like forward ahead to the new year. And 2025 is when things actually really change. I, I save that to the end. I didn't want you to think that 2024 was nothing. But 2024 is very much a transitional year. And 2025 is when we really see it, do it, live it. Okay. So this it's about bringing consciousness, energy awareness, karmic self-responsibility, and resonating your unique frequency this whole year. And then the last note I'm going to say about the Saturn-Neptune storyline this year. They are in the same sign of Pisces. Neptune has been there since 2011, and Saturn moved into Pisces, I want to say it was March 7th of 2023. So... Pisces. the reason that that this energy feels really important to me is because of the theme of endings and letting go and this sort of like Pluto societal shift happening because Neptune rules Pisces. Pisces is the end of the Zodiac. So Neptune has moved all the way through since 2011 and is getting to the late degrees of Pisces. The late degrees of any sign are about wisdom, maturity, understanding, and letting go. And so for Neptune to be in its own rulership in the sign of Pisces at the tail end has this like, you know, it's like a life cycle well lived. It's like Neptune is at the completed point. Um, I don't think Neptune actually moves into Aries until 2025. Um, I'm not sure when off the top of my head, but we're enjoying the end. Like that's kind of what this year is too. We're kind of sitting and enjoying the end so what themes come up archetypally with endings it's about reviewing processing being in the moment even though you know the end is coming having faith and trust in going off the cliff Um, understanding that you can fly understanding that everything is energy and nothing ever really was real here um yeah it's it's like throat chakra (laughs) That's what's coming up here and now, right? It's gathering the light codes and the water codes and being connected to all the natural cycles and the natural processes and all the wisdom that's always been here on the planet. The Piscean Age has been about the falsity that um, empowerment comes from outside of you. That it's something that's given to you or that you earn somehow. Like if you think of like religions are in that mix. Um, You are the light. You are your own healer. You are the frequency of love. You are source energy. You're in a symbiotic relationship. Like when I sit here with the sun, I do this practice where I bring my frequency to the highest vibration that I possibly can. And then I give it or quote sacrifice it to the sun. And then I'm in a symbiotic relationship where the sun and the light codes are Intermixing with the particles of my being, and we are together in presence. <laughs> Still with our nervous systems. Kalima wants to say hi. Um, I don't think you want tea. This is my dog, like my ancient Egyptian dog, who I don't know, she just brings like the ancient knowing. She's hard to see. Anyway, so. Neptune being at the end of Pisces is all of that stuff, but then uh Saturn has been moving through the beginning of Pisces. So they're sort of book-ending, and they're such different energies. Neptune is boundaryless, and Saturn is boundaries. Or it's like the armature wire that allows you to add material and density to something or action to something. So I don't know. There's just this really... And when I think of Saturn as being like um, an incarnation guide for like helping us be in our karmic responsibility, it's like how do we do all that letting go and then stay? Like there is something... I don't want to be scary about this because it's not scary. But like the world is ending. But not like the earth is exploding or something like that. I mean, maybe it will. But more like... The entire matrix is shifting. I actually saw this visual in February of 2020 where I saw the entire earth flip inside out and become a Merkaba. I don't know what any of this ever means. It's fun to like put stories to it that are positive and like fill my spiritual creative mind. But we're like at the point that we knew we've been getting to. Like all of us who've had this feeling of like something's happening, something's changing. And then we're like, why am I still here doing this healing work? Why is there more shadow? Why are there more boundaries to deal with? Like it's coming and Saturn pressing toward Neptune at the last anoretic degree of the entire zodiac wheel is a big underlying current energy layer of this whole year so everything that i said to you for this whole calendar year apply that to it like put it on tracing paper and like put it over the top of everything else you wrote (laughs) something like that it's a cool idea okay if you're still here let me know that reminded me i'm making these little custom diaries for the year for the people coming to my class at the little herbal apothecary because i was born in the 70s and i am still very analog and I love paper and I love making things and it just makes me really happy so if anybody wants one um, I'll just have to charge for supplies and shipping I don't know what that's going to be exactly but just reach out to me and I can make you one okay I hope that you'll sign up for my class though the lined and rooted and let me know if you need a monthly payment for that otherwise it's on my website rootwellnessstudio.com I hope to see you there and wow, this is a big year. I'm just going to sit and meditate here in the sun and feel it, which I also want you to do. Like put your planner down, don't overthink it or get dates all circled in your calendar and worry about that. Just come into the presence here and now and just feel the frequency of you and let yourself connect to that timeline of this year and just how that whole thing feels. And that's what I want to orient you to a million more times this year is living from that awareness space. Okay. Happy new year.